0: and Welcome to Behind the Lights with me, Seb. Yeah, hey, me, Jonah. As always, we pay respect to the traditional customs of the land we're coming from, the Gadigal people of the Aurora Nation. Well, Jonah, as always, uh, what were some of your big sporting headlines uh, from the week that has been? Yeah, I mean, huge
1: um, events over the last week, of course. We'll talk a little bit more in detail about the NWSL yep. um, Grand Final, but I think I'll start with the NWSL because huge news out of there as well, which is really, really good for the league. They uh, got pen and paper down for a $240 million uh, TV deal yep. uh, for four years, which include some pro- media providers such as Amazon Prime, CBS, and ESPN, among among a few. Um, just really opening the doors up, not only for potentially a little bit better pay, a little bit better media coverage, and I think it's just a really, really good move to see that happening for the NWSL and for women's football in America, um, and potentially can just really help make sure that u.s football is one of the most dominant forces when it comes to women's football i think this will help kind of hopefully bring it back up to the level and be at that level as what the women's premier league is in europe right now as well it will be great to say that and it's great to see that starting to happen in the u.s definitely and then also i thought this was just a little bit of a funny one but your lakers um, have officially actually lodged a complaint with the nba about the lack of free throws that lebron james is getting um so physically cool i think clear clearly they think it, something is a little bit rigged but when you actually look at the stats he's actually only down from 5.9 free throws per game to 5.7 free throws per game so we're talking about a 0.2 difference that they're lodging a complaint whereas like players like joel Embiid and Giannis are both down almost two free throws per yep. game yeah um, i actually think it's maybe a good thing for the nba to show that they're actually maybe allowing some more physicality, but I just thought it was really funny that the Lakers are holding on to point two Absolutely. free throw reduction from LeBron. And then lastly, for my Arizona Cardinals, Colin Murray has returned, which um, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. We did end up winning this week, um, but maybe not so good for our tank race, considering he is now potentially going to lead us um, to a couple wins this season. But um, it's good to see him return after almost a year of being sidelined because of injuries. Um, but hopefully it just shows that the Arizona Cardinals might be a little bit better n- next year. I think it's too late to kind of salvage anything crazy this year. Um, but we'll see if it's a good or bad thing him returning because it probably will hurt our draft status. Um, but I think you go out to win. So I hate the whole
0: tank race situation. So I'm glad that he's back. Yeah, we'll be interesting see how the Cardinals finish the year. For me, John, I'll start with number one, United. Crashing to a defeat against FC Copenhagen in the Champions League. And we'll touch on United a little bit later in regards to the Champions League. But uh, obviously, just a huge loss to, to lose 4 Crazy three. one as well. We were cruising 2-0. Loser man. Penalty madness happens. Uh then we gain the lead in the second half, 3-2, and then concede two late ones. I mean, congratulations to FC Copenhagen. Massive yep. moment for that football club. Huge. But, uh, just ramping up the pressure on United oh. and Ten Hag in uh, the Champions League.
1: I was about to switch off that game at 2-0 and switch to a different game as well. And then all of a sudden, everything just, just popped switched. off. It was... A crazy, crazy game, especially what for the last sixty minutes or so it just went absolutely bonkers. Absolutely,
0: number two. Congratulations to the Sydney Swans women's team. We know the AFL women's uh, competitions entered the finals as they defeated the Gold Coast Suns yeah. in, the, in the elimination final. To now move into the second week of the finals, where they will play Adelaide. Um, an amazing story here. The Swannies could barely win a game in their first season, and to to make the finals and now the second week of the finals. Congratulations to the women's team, and who knows how far they could go and how yeah. far this fairy tale could take them. And number three, Jonathan UFC 295 at Madison Square Garden saw Englishman Tom Aspinall become the interim heavyweight champion after a KO, TKO, round one victory over Russian Sergei Pavlovich. Uh, an amazing victory for Aspinall and a really, I think, genuine nice guy of, of the heavyweight division yeah. after um, just how humble he was. Uh, while Brazilian Alex Pereira continued to grow his legacy, becoming the new light heavyweight champion after a KO, Victory over Czech Yuri Projeczak. Pereira also became just the ninth person to win two titles in two different weight divisions. Dominance, so, yeah. congratulations to Alex Pereira. Also, saw a certain Donald Trump turn up uh, at Madison Square Garden. We know his close uh, ties with UFC. So, i uh, interested to see him in the crowd as well. Just
1: always chasing the press.
0: Always, so. always, always chasing, chasing the it. press. He knows where to put himself. Well, John. Looking at, I guess, some of the biggest stories uh, this week, and none bigger maybe than the Cricket World Cup, we're finally at the semi-final stage. It feels like this, <laughs> this tournament's been going for a while. Forever. But we've finally got our top four. Australia will take on South Africa Thursday night, Australian time, while host India will take on New Zealand Wednesday night, Australian time. We'll start with the India versus New Zealand game, O firstly. India have won all their group games and yep. uh, have looked unbelievably yep, good yep. in getting to this semi-final. Uh, What have you made of their performance? Obviously, led by Rohit Sharma, and then obviously through the quality of Virat Goli, and obviously one of the best bowling lineups as well, with Boomerah, Yadev, Shami, Raul as their wicketkeeper. They've just got an amazing depth, Jono, and and they've really uh, stamped their authority and and really made themselves the hot favorites to to win this World Cup. I mean, 100%. Um,
1: It kind of started from from the start of the tournament as well. Of course, even going into the tournament as well, and, and the history of what is cricket in india as well i think just kind of shows but realistically they just stamped their their absolute dominance from the start i don't think there was pretty much anything that looked uncomfortable for them they seemed to be pretty cruisy the whole time and i think that realistically you can't you can't just look past their depth you can't look past on both sides of the ball as well their abilities yeah, absolutely um and really of course as we say um in any world cup situation when you're playing at home as well that's another edge and Playing in India as well is, is another, you know, step above that as well, right? For what this means to this nation, nation, um, it's huge. It's almost like, you know, equivalent to, you know, rugby in New Zealand or something like that where this is their sport. This is Absolutely. what everybody in that country will be tuning into, Um so I think it's almost a no-brainer to kind of really see them just kind of move on in that sense potentially. Um, but New Zealand, look, have, have played all right. Um, I think they've done well to get into this position. I think it was kind of they were in that question mark situation as to who potentially would be moving in yep. there with kind of that top two that would yep. that were that were punching through. Um, so hats off to them. I think they're going to give them a cracking game anyway. Um, but but realistically. India's performances so far, their absolute dominance, like I said, on both sides of the balls has been just convincing. Um, so yeah,
0: they're going to look to be an absolute force. Yeah, India will be looking for their first World Cup title since 2011 when they won it it's crazy. on home soil. Yeah. But looking at New Zealand, Jono, they're always a nation I feel that are almost underrated or, yeah. or people don't talk about them as much coming into a World Cup. But they've been runners up in the last two World Cups. The last World Cup in England they were in one of the most classical finishes to lose to England in a, in a super over. Yeah. So they almost did it. And in this World Cup, a young superstar has been discovered in Rachin Ravindra. He's been outstanding um, for New Zealand at the top of the order. I think he's been one of the real standouts of this tournament. As well as Mitchell Santner, their left-handed uh, off-spin bowler, who I think has been one of the outstanding bowlers in this World Cup. And also, Kane Williamson their their captain, their leader has come back into the team late in the tournament. He was obviously out injured for the first part um, of the group stage. So this New Zealand team, John, as you said, they've got threats in that team. Um, and they're a team that never gives in. And they've got hard hitting players who can really put the pressure on the bowlers. And if India are a little bit off, New Zealand will will back themselves to cause a real boil over here in the semifinal.
1: Yeah, 100%. They, they have the players essentially to take advantage of anything and it just takes one little mishap in this realistically to get that little bit of an edge and that's what New Zealand's going to be kind of pouncing on right is that one opportunity to go forth you never know I mean as well you know they get off to a hot start and that could Absolutely. be that little bit of a momentum to move forward
0: and, and just kind of propel them in the game yeah I think it's gonna be a cracking game there on Wednesday and we'll get some tips uh, later in the show looking at Thursday night's other semi-final Jono and don't these two teams have a little bit of history dating back to 1999, that classic draw in the semi-final where Australia got through after the Alan Donald run out. Um, South Africa, a team that's always threatening to win a World Cup but have never actually won a cricket World Cup amazingly for the, for the thing of the talent uh, that South Africa have produced. But looking at Australia first, Jono, David Warner. Has an outstanding tournament yeah. so far. Leading run scorer for Australia. And then you've obviously seen the power hitting of, of Mitch Marsh, that amazing Glenn Maxwell innings against Afghanistan mm-hmm. where he single-handedly won the game. Johnny, this team is is coming into some form. They started the competition off a little bit slowly, losing two in a row, losing to South Africa and India, but have won seven straight yeah. since. How do, you look, how do you like the look of the Australians? And do you think they're well-placed, obviously, to really... Uh, get to another final and potentially win a sixth World Cup title.
1: Yeah, I think that this is um, potentially where you know experience comes in Absolutely. as well as form, right? Because as you said, I think it was a very slow start. I mean, we kind of had them in that kind of rain uh, that little bottom of the table when looking at the you know Just England, a and Australia, bit flat, yeah, the early you, you probably on. questioned both of them. The difference is, Absolutely. is clearly Australia was able to bounce back. England, <laughs> we know what England happened kept there, going but Australia was able to bounce back. And in saying that, I think that's where you know, a lot of the experience it comes down to, as you point out, they have so much experience on this roster. Yep. So many key players. So many and players have won a exactly. World Cup before. And the difference could be is you have so many big marquee names that can get a lot of runs as well, yep. right? Yep. When, you're, when, you're, when you're batting, they can come through and you don't know which one is going to happen. Absolutely. But one or two of them are firing and you are cruising through that game. But whereas when you just need to make sure at least one of them is kind of getting started. And that's been, I think, the difference there in these last as you said that, that this streak now of seven games where yeah. you at least have you know one just absolutely firing and then you have another kind of in that supporting role or something as well and that's been the difference there um so i think that they've come into great form and it also shows just their overall experience of been able to push
0: them through this to show hey we are world cup winners and this is the reason why and a positive probably for the australians is a player like steve smith hasn't really fired yeah. yet in this world cup Kind of quiet, he had a good yeah, 60 yeah. Um, in the last game uh, to guide Australia home. But but this is the sort of scene yeah. where, where a player like him potentially takes the game yeah. and, and really uh, puts in innings on there for his team. Looking at the South African team, Jono, they've been pretty good through this tournament. Yeah. A couple of little hiccups. Losing to the Dutch early on, obviously, was a hiccup. And they did get belted mm. uh, by host India, but again, this team has shown the power hitting that they possess. Quinton de Kock at the top, the wicketkeeper batsman, has been outstanding. Um, and then we've got Markram, Miller, van der Dusen through the middle who just, they can take a game away from a team pretty quickly. This team, Jono, well-placed again, potentially to make their first World yeah. Cup final, um, but they'll have to play their best cricket.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, as you said, we've seen what they've been able to do against Australia. I do think, as as we point out, it might have been a... Let's say less in form, Australia. Yeah. Um, but they have shown clearly throughout this that they are 100% a force to be reckoned with. They play hard. They play fast as well. They're strong on both sides of the ball. But the the thing is, is it, it is that the experience factor in this right these are different moments when you get to the bitter end of a tournament that's uh, uh, it really comes into in play. any sport we yeah, talk about in, experience in any sport, in any sport, in any sport especially yeah.
0: when it comes to a world cup yeah
1: and and we're talking about essentially a sport that the concentration you just need to be concentrating at all times again these are the thing. this is what new zealand's gonna be looking at for india and this is that one thing that it's that one mishap and for for south africa this this it could be that you know one or two players aren't keyed on because they're they're overwhelmed by the situation and that could lead to their demise but at the same time they have nothing to lose i feel like right they have they they yes they have pressure because they've been playing so well but at the same time they don't have the pressure of being former world cup champs in that sense of expectation of, of winning this right it's that it's the expectation of going far but the, to win it is a whole nother stage. Also, be so. also,
0: also, also almost an excitement level to, yeah. to be potentially the first African exactly. to make a World Cup final. So I guess you can, you can have everything that to hand be in hand for. as well. Yeah,
1: it's so everything to play for, um, but it's just going to come down to you're at the bitter end now. And what, what are the nerves? What's your mindset going to yeah. be into this? Um, they have the players, yes. Um, overall experience, I'm not too convinced by, but I think it's just going to be dependent on, on the mentality that they come out with and how focused they are the whole
0: game. Yeah, potentially uh, two cracking semifinals. And I think we've got the four best teams yeah. left in the tournament. I think overall we've we've ended up with that, and it should be two cracking games. As I said, we'll get some tips um, a little bit later in the show. Before, John, we go into some big news out of the U.S. women's national team. Uh, looking at some EPL action over the weekend, and Tottenham Hotspur have now lost two in the row in the English Premier League. We know the injury and suspension yep. list is long for Ange Postacoglu. Uh Two injury time strikes uh, to lose to Wolves two one. What have you made of the last week for Spurs, John? So much positive, um, so much positivity to Postacoglu and his team, and the way they're playing, and even in that loss against Chelsea, the aggressive nature which they kept all the way to the end. Um, what have you made of the last week? And do you think Postacoglu needs to tweak some of his attacking ambition, or do you actually applaud him for? for really staying strong and continuing that attacking aggressive ambition, which which he wants his team uh, to play with. Yeah, It's a hard one because, I mean,
1: he's essentially, you know, he, I mean, he's getting clearly recognized Absolutely. as you know, manager of the month, things like that, right? Um, doing a lot of good in Tottenham with a squad that realistically, thinking in comparison to the other squads in the Premier League, probably
0: shouldn't be in that top four. Well, I think we've seen now, Exactly, with the depth and, yeah. and the players that he must bring in, I think the loss of his both his centre backs yeah. is crucial. James Madison going yeah. down is they don't have another player like James Madison. Uh, some big personnel, yeah. and that's where I
1: think they need to adapt. Absolutely, right? I think that's the thing is once this kind of starting lineup, maybe let's say to the deepest point would be maybe the first thirteen players that they have, you know, one or two subs off the bench, but now because he has so many injuries, suspensions, every every little bit of a mishap. You need to change tactics a little bit, and I think maybe it's too much for the whole game. Maybe it is you come out really aggressive for the most part. You get up, but then you need to kind of retreat a little bit as well because what we're seeing is a lot of these late-game winners, right? And maybe it's you know, a little lack of mindset, yeah. little mishaps, um, good play by the other teams as well. But overall, I think there needs to be a slight adjustment there in-game as well, especially when you're rotating some of these players on later in the game. Let's say at 60, 70, 80-minute mark. You need to then adjust the strategy as well because you don't have the players who are able to play in that overly aggressive style that's demanding a lot as well of players. Like it's a high demanding um, way of playing, which is I think fantastic, but when you don't have the right players for it, it does not work. We've seen this across the board with some coaches that come in, want to play a particular style. And it doesn't always work because once you rotate certain players in, they don't know how to play in that system. They're probably not enough well, They don't have the ability yeah, to play not- in that system. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think that's where he's struggling a little bit. And we'll see because it's going to be, I think, a rough next probably month or two, mm. at least,
0: um, for Ange and Tottenham. Well, I guess for Tottenham fans, at least looking forward, Christian Romero should be back yeah. after two games, after getting his red card. Um, so there will be some players coming back, which obviously will help with the squad, but obviously they want to get Madison as back as yeah, as quick key. as they can, especially. Um, but yeah, obviously you've got to applaud uh, Angie. He's honest in, in his assessment and he said that that is the way they're going to play and they're probably going to experience some some losses and there are going to be some ups and downs, but man, they're good to watch. Even if you're yeah. a neutral, there's no way you cannot say, you don't enjoy watching a Tottenham game because at least they are, they're exciting and yeah. they're free flowing and they're going to be aggressive and high pressing. So, 100%. It'd be interested to see, though, Jonah, how they go up to January and whether they get any new signings in January yeah, to true. strengthen the true. depth of that squad. Well, John, as, we, as I touched on just before, some huge news out of the US women's national team. We'll start with the appointment of the new coach before we go on to a major retirement. Chelsea women's boss Emma Hayes is set to become the next coach of the US women's team. Hayes is expected to juggle her commitments at Chelsea. And the U.S. women's national team until the conclusion of the women's Super League season with Chelsea. Jono, being an American and obviously a huge supporter of the U.S. women's team, you've seen the success the team's had. A disappointing World Cup um, this year and the Olympics around the corner. What have you made of this signing and how positive a move do you think it is for the U.S. women's team?
1: Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, um, I think it's potentially a great move. Um I think that she has everything that you need to be the coach of the U.S. women's national team. I think as well, when you look at it, especially national scale, yep. potentially club level as well, I think that this role is, for women's football, probably one of the biggest roles as well. I mean, you look at the history of Absolutely. what the U.S. women's national team has, has achieved. I think this is one of the most what coveted roles hundred, in women's football. 100% and the success that all these managers have had there and the type of manager that you have to be as well. So I think that, look, she's had experience in America as well, which is, I think, yep. great. Yep. And then had some really good experiences, of course, in Chelsea. Has managed some really key stars as well. Um, and really brought Chelsea up as one of, if not the most consistent well, powerhouses. of Barcelona.
0: Yeah. They're, probably, they're in that next... They're the consistent... They're, the only, they're probably yeah. the only reason they haven't won the Champions, like, is how good this Barcelona no, team exactly. is. But it's the consistency Absolutely. as well.
1: And that's just 100% what she's been able to do, right? So that's the thing. Is so then you think about that and that's what the US national team wants. They don't want to just win one World Cup. They want to win multiple. That's what they want to be. They always
0: want to be the top dog. Well, every tournament they go into, they're expected, expected to win. To win.
1: So you need to have that consistency. So I think in saying that what she's been able to build at Chelsea shows yep. that she's been able to build a bit of a of of a base and then yep. build and then continue to to build on that. Now having said that, you'll now have a lot more in terms of you don't have to do as much player development and squad development. You're going to have essentially some of the best players in the world at your disposal here. And I think squad selection is going to be huge. Um, It's not going to be about, you know, salaries and this and that and and international eligibilities and stuff. This is going to be, you're going to have multiple players in multiple positions that, that could be essentially a starter across the world. And you're going to have to make the tough decisions as well because I think... When you're looking at this last squad that kind of came in um, to the last World Cup, yes, there was a lot of injuries, but it was also a lot of question marks around some of the squad selections and some younger talents, some veterans that were left off, vice versa. Where, how do you blend those two and everything? So I think that's gonna be key in this. And I think that she can get the job done. Um, but realistically, only time time's gonna tell. Um, but it's potentially a good time to also take over the US, uh, the US national team here because You look at it and it it is that changing of the guard right now. So you can get a fresh perspective on it. You can kind of make your mark on this. So I think it's a great time in that sense because this kind of half-hearted mentality didn't work where we're half in the old, half in the new. So this is a great opportunity to just take it all and let's go new. Let's change the way that we're playing. Let's go into the future. We have this raw potential there. Let's hone in on that. Um, And again, on the back of an historic media deal as well with the NWSL, with a great number of players playing across Europe as well. I think this is a great opportunity to really take us into the next great dynasty of what can be um, a next kind
0: of potential three-peat for the U.S. women's national team, hopefully into the future. Yeah, it will be interesting. Obviously, not too much time between now and the Olympics. Yeah. yeah. So, it will be very interesting to see what she does between now and then. And as you said, how she juggles some of those veteran players who are still there and some of that young talent yeah. that we saw at the World Cup coming through. How does she mesh that? Especially for an Olympics that's less than 12 months mm. away. Um, and then obviously looking further further ahead. But I think it's a really positive move for the US Women's National League. I think Emma Hayes has deserved her chance. 100%. She's done everything she can. At Chelsea won everything but the Champions yeah. League. Yeah. Um, but she also brings a winning mentality. Yeah. And that's what the US Women's National Team needs. Talking about US Women's National Legends, Jono. Megan Raponi unfortunately left the field in her final professional game, in the yeah. NWSL Championship game, as her Gotham FC were defeated by Raponi's, uh, oh, oh, Gotham FC, so defeated Raponi's OL Reign 2 1. Yep. It was actually OL Reign's first yeah. NWSL Championship, so congratulations to them. But Jono, unfortunate to see Raponi cobble off after only a few minutes. I think she was saying it, it's potentially an Achilles. Yeah. Injury. What have you made of her? Um, what she's done for not only U.S. football but for women's football globally in terms of uh, pay, um, exposure, and just and just what she's brought to the game itself. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost for the championship game. Congrats to Gotham FC for taking that home.
1: Um, incredible to think about where they were just a few years ago. Really, just sitting at the bottom of the table consistently and now kind of moving to taking out the championship some key moves there in the offseason so that was great um in terms of Megan Rapinoe look it's really sad when I think about how both uh potentially her international and club level career has kind of ended yeah um you know it's 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 hard for someone who has honestly given so much to the game and it's not just for you know, the U.S. program and everything. We're talking about globally what she's been able to do, what she's been able to achieve. I think when you look at it in the terms of the big names that have kind of come across the women's game, you know, you have someone like, you know, in the early days, it was Mia and Marta kind of really steering the ship, right? And then you kind of go into, you know, later, Megan Rapino really took forth and took hold of that kind of, that caregiving responsibility to push forth um, and there's a lot of other contributors to that, but I think she was one of the most vocal people in making sure we're not just talking about equality, but making sure that women's football got put onto the map as well, making sure it's held into these conversations. And what she was able to achieve on and off the pitch has just been absolutely incredible. I think her on the field contributions cannot be looked past um, yeah. for both club and international level, pretty much won everything across both Europe and also um, in america globally on an international stage just did completely everything did and at, everything at her peak there was literally no one stopping her right this last world cup did not represent as to no, who no. she was um at her absolute peak she was firing with some of the absolute best um so yeah she will go down at least in my eyes and across the globe as one of, if not, you know, the best in women's football who has come through, um, and again, what she's been able to do, the contributions off the off the field as well, I think, have to hold true to her legacy as well, the contributor to football and, and leaving the game in a better place than what it was when she joined.
0: Well, hopefully, she's not lost to football completely. Hopefully, she obviously love to see her in some sort of administration, I think in US yeah. women's football, because I think she can still contribute. Hopefully, maybe with s- the NWSL, so exactly. Yeah. So, hopefully, it's not the last we see of her, but. As you said, Jono has done everything on the field and had nothing more to prove. Unfortunate yeah. for her to limp off oh. like this in her final game, but it's not always exactly the fairy tale finish sometimes for yeah. some of these legends. But congratulations to to her and everything she's done for, for football, uh, for women's football. Well, Jono, as always, we'll end with five quick questions. I think I've got you this week. Let's do it. Let's go, mate. All right, number one, we did talk about it and, and gave a bit of a preview, but who makes the Cricket World Cup final? Oof. Um, look, as much as I'd love to see a, you know,
1: Classic, basically, turf battle between Australia and New Zealand. It's I can't look past India, of course, um, and I'm gonna tip Australia. Like I said, this, the experience from both sides. Um, I'll I'll be tipping them to to both go through and have a historic final between be, those two
0: nations. It'll be a great final if it is those two. Number two, Jono, do you agree that uh, potentially Victor one Wan- one Embarnia is once in a lifetime player? There's been comments and commentators come out and say that. They're comparing it with some of the great big men. Yeah. Do you think he has that potential? Oh, look,
1: I think, again, it's it's that thing of we're, we're speaking a lot very, very quickly. Absolutely. Um, we need to give some time as well as he is massive. And... Your body can break down. I don't. He's very lean, so that might help his joints and everything like that. But I think back to like, you know, a former number one pick as well, Greg Odom, who got picked up as a former number one pick was had massive expectations and then just riddled with injuries after his first year in the NBA. So we'll see um, potentially. But look, I think it's way too soon to kind of jump into things. Um, Definitely, look to have somebody of that size shooting the way he does. Yeah, it's also the touch of the. Yeah, he could be a force to be reckoned with, but. um, yeah, it's
0: too soon to say that, right? now. And also, as I said, I think he's with the best. Yeah, 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 Under yeah. Popovich, yeah. hopefully he's looked after. But as you yeah, said, let's serious. just see how too he. Serious. Let's see how he develops. Should Megan Rapini be talked in the same breath as Messi and Ronaldo as some of the best players in the twenty first century? So obviously, yeah. across the female and male game, should she be in that same breath as as potentially some of those? Yeah, d- yeah, definitely. Look, I I would say so. I think what Megan Rapinoe was
1: able to do. Um, She's up there, right? When you when you consider the impact, and even like I said, when you're just talking about on the field impact, 100%. Um, you can't look past her. When you, if you were to make a world 11 or something like that, she would be in it no matter what, right? In any in multiple positions probably if, yep. if you did that. So 100%. Um,
0: you should definitely uh, have her in that same same breath of conversation. Number four, Jono, Do Manchester United make it out of the group stage in the Champions League? Of Galatasaray in Istanbul. And finishing at home against Bayern Munich? Um, yeah, I'm going to say no. Oh, oh <laughs> um, no. I mean, look, it's it's too much to, to, to
1: need easy. to do pretty much at this time. And then, uh, you know what? I'll give you this. It's going to be very dependent on Bayern's situation as to who they field because it's going to potentially. And I come think down United, to that.
0: United need to win yeah. in Istanbul. I think even oh, the draw, yeah. I mean, you don't win that, you're done. Yeah. You're done. So yeah. um, it's all down to that game. And number five, John, will the Sydney Swans at women's team continue their fairy tale run and make it through to a preliminary final? I mean, I've been loving
1: some of these historic runs, especially from teams that flip from zero to hero kind of thing so yeah we let's saw keep, it in the NRL with that, Gold that's what Coast I'm saying, that's what I'm saying so let's keep let's keep the fairy tale going let's get one to just kind of finish it all off and go through and of course it'd be great for Sydney Absolutely. Um, great for the Sydney Swans as well which um, my charity that I work with are charity partners with so I'd
0: love to see them have success as well yeah, it'd be great to see that blood culture uh, coming through in the women's game as well well that brings you another episode of Behind the Lights with me Seb and me Jono as always thank you for your support and good night